0: Merry Christmas everyone. How's everyone doing? Merry Christmas. If if you're online, Merry Christmas. I love the Christmas season. Isn't this the best? You know, just like it's so great to be here and celebrating Christmas with you guys. I'm going to start tonight off with a story. Uh, It's a story about a young man named Jeremiah. Jeremiah was about middle school age and one day him and his dad went on a skiing trip. And they went up and they hit the slopes and they went all day, just up and down and up and down. And they find themselves, uh, it's getting towards the end of the day, and they get to the bottom and there's not a lot of time left. There's probably one more lift right up and that's about it. And Jeremiah looks over to his dad and says, dad, can we go one more time? And of course, dad, having the greatest day he can have with his son, says, yeah, let's do it. And they get up to the top, and they're really the last ones to go down. And as they get ready to go down, Jeremiah, the middle schooler, looks at his dad and says, Dad, I'm going to beat you down this hill. I mean, any competitive people in the house? Any competitive dads? There's no way I'm letting that happen. I'm not letting my son beat me down the hill. So they start racing, and they're taking off, and they're flying down this hill. And then Jeremiah does something uh, out of the ordinary. He was so determined to win, he decides to take a shortcut and he veers off the path and goes down towards dad can't even see him, he drops off, he's going, and dad's just flying down the hill, hoping to beat his son to the bottom. And he gets to the bottom of this hill and he won. His son's not there, yay, celebration. But after a little bit of time, a minute of celebration turns into three minutes and then five minutes and then he starts to question, where's my son? The joy turned to some other feeling. He starts to question, where is my son? In 10 minutes, and 15 minutes, and finally he's had enough. What he doesn't know is that Jeremiah went down a track that was uh, meant for expert riders. And he went down there when he wasn't supposed to, and he fell and broke his leg. And now he's stranded on the side of this hill, all alone with a broken leg. There's no moon out. There's no light at all. And he's just crying out to his dad for help. Helpless in the moment. You know, it's it's crazy when you think of stories like this. I bet you Jeremiah would have really loved having a flashlight with him in that moment. Would have really loved if the moon was bright that night in the sky. See, there's, there's this thing about light that we never really appreciate it until it's not there. We never really appreciate light until we need it. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is this idea of light And in John 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. What does it mean when Jesus calls himself the light of the world? What does this mean? And I just want to put some context in here for you. When Jesus says this in John 8, it's just a couple verses earlier, he stands up for a woman that was caught in adultery that the the town had brought before him to condemn her. And he stands up in the gap for her, and he, he shows his grace and stands in there for her. And then he says this, and it screams a very loud message to me. As we talk about this light of Jesus tonight, we need to know that it is not circumstantial. This light that Jesus offers it's not based on what you've done or what you're going to do. It doesn't, it's not based on who you are. It's based on who he is. And this light cannot be, uh, we can't add anything to it. This light that Jesus is talking about, who he is in this moment, is not based on merit. But based on why he came. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to focus on four things that light does. And the first one I came up with that light does is light gives life. I don't know if you guys know this, but we live under a giant ball of fire called the sun. And every day that sun rises and light comes onto our planet. And we're one of the, we are the, the planet only planet that the sun completely hits every surface in a 24-hour period. And it's in the perfect spot. Our planet is, if it was a little this way or a few degrees this way, life couldn't exist here on this planet. But the sun comes and the light enters the world and trees grow up from the ground and help us breathe oxygen. Light gives life. And when Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world, he's saying, I bring life to this world. And in another passage here uh, in John 4, Jesus doesn't refer to this life as light, but he refers to this light as living water. In John 4, 13 and 14, it says this, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. He's literally sitting at a well talking to someone. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. What Jesus is doing here is painting the picture. He knows our humanity. He knows that we need this to survive on a daily basis. It's it's a fact. If you don't drink this for multiple days, you won't be here very long. And we have to drink this, but what Jesus is talking about is this idea of eternal life. That this water, this living water that is Jesus, gives us the opportunity for eternal life. That we won't feel the sting of death. That we will have the opportunity if we step into Jesus' light and live with him and give him our life. We have the opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's what Jesus is talking about here. The next thing light does is light gives revelation. Light reveals things to us. Uh, If you have kids here, you know, try walking in your kid's room at dark at night with no lights on. Your feet are gonna hurt really bad by the end of it. It's like a war zone in there. They put landmines everywhere. When you turn the light on, you can see those so you don't step on them. Light reveals things. It shows us what's there. And the first thing, one of the the most important things that Jesus did when he came to earth, he came with a purpose to reveal the Father to us. He came to reveal God to us. And he says this in his word in John 14, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I wanna stop there for a second, and if you hear one thing tonight, hear this. When Jesus says these words, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. He means every word. There is not multiple ways to heaven. There is not multiple ways to find salvation. There is not enough deeds you can do to cover the sin that we live in in this world. There's not a good, enough good acts that we can do to earn our way to heaven. There is one way to heaven. There's one way to salvation. And that name is Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. That's it. Amen. As he continues to go here, he says, If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. When we see Jesus, when we see him in his words in the Bible, when, when we read about him, when we see the life of Jesus, we are able to see the Father. We are able to see God. We're able to see God's character, God's plan, God's plan. God's sovereignty, we're able to see all of that through Jesus. We're able to see a hope for a future, that God didn't leave us here. Jesus reveals all of that to us. The next thing light does is light gives us direction. Just as light reveals, light can also give direction. It's like a lighthouse. we got a picture of a lighthouse here. At this lighthouse, that light goes out into the water and it gives direction to the ships that are in the water at where the shoreline is. Where, where they need to head to so they can safely get back to port. It gives direction that way. and it, Sometimes in the seas it can get really stormy. And you'll talk to sailors that will say that that light that they see in the lighthouse is the only thing that got them back safely. Jesus is this light for us. He, he, he wants to direct our life. He wants to tell us where to go, how to live, how to be. He wants that for us because he has the perfect plan for our life. But there's also a saying that goes with lighthouses, that it is darkest at the foot of the lighthouse. In the picture we just threw up there, you can see there's a light at the top. But when you look at the foot of the lighthouse, it's the darkest point because the light's projecting out. What this means, this saying means, is that you can be close to the lighthouse, but that doesn't mean you're in the light of the lighthouse. You could have been raised in a Christian home. It doesn't mean you're in the light of Jesus. You could have all the family traditions in the world. It doesn't mean that you're living in the light of Jesus you could come here and play all the right uh, games and say all the right words, but it doesn't mean that you're living in the light of Jesus. There, We have to individually step from the darkness of our life into this light that Jesus offers. We have to step into this gospel light that Jesus offers, and we have to sell out everything inside of us and say, Jesus, take everything. Take everything inside of me. I am giving you my life. I'm stepping into your light. The fourth thing that light does is light expels darkness. Light gets rid of darkness. When light enters something, darkness can't exist there. And when Jesus says that he is the light of the world, he's saying that he is filling this void of darkness. There was a void of darkness in our world. There was a void. And when Jesus went to the cross for us, and sacrificed his life and rose 3 days later he filled that void gave us the opportunity to step into that light and not live in darkness and there's a void inside of us there's a void inside of us as humanity that is designed to be filled by Jesus but we so many times try to fill it with other things fill it with so much trying to, to fit something into us, to make us happy, to make us satisfied. But the only thing that can satisfy us and fill that void of darkness in us is Jesus Christ. Anybody know Tom Brady? Any fans in the house? couple of you. There's a couple everywhere. Tom Brady might be one of the best football players of all time. Uh, I'll say he, he probably is the best football player of all time. I'm sorry. You can uh, you'll see me afterwards. That's fine. Tom Brady, let's just be real, guys. He is more handsome than most of us in this room. He is. He's a better looking guy than most of us. Yeah, he, he's got more Super Bowl rings than he can fit on his hand. He's married to a model, has all the money he could ever spend. He's living what we would call the American dream. Right? But Tom Brady says this. He said these words after his third Super Bowl win when he had reached the the pinnacle of what a football player's life would be, he said this, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be all it is about. What Tom Brady is saying here is that no matter how many Super Bowls you win, that is not what is going to complete you. No matter how much money you make, no matter how much fun you have, no matter how many toys and four-wheelers, or whatever that thing is for you that you try to fill that void with, that will not complete you. We are trying to fill a void in our life that is only designed to be filled by our Savior Jesus. We have to be willing to allow him to fill that void, to, to open up the darkness, to open up our life to say, Jesus. Fill my life with your light. Fill my life with your light. I know some of you in here tonight have been filling a life where it's not fulfilled. You feel like there's something missing. You feel like there's something broken and you've been trying to fill it with so much. Maybe if I do this, I'll be happy. Maybe if my wife or my spouse does this, I'll be happy. All of that is temporary. The only thing that can fully complete your life is surrendering your life to the King of Kings, Jesus. That's all it is. That's all it is. Can you guys do me a favor real quick? On your seats, there's some light bulbs pinned to the seats. And if you're up in the balconies and the bleachers, they're on the seats. Why don't you grab those for me? Take the pin out and then stick the pin back in because we don't want anybody getting stabbed. Go ahead, stick that pin back in. And I want you to take that light out of that bag. Take that light out of that bag, and I want you to hold it in your hands. Hold that light bulb in your hands. Hold it. And I want you to think about something. This light that we've been talking about, this this Jesus we have been talking about, are you living in his light? Are you, are you, have you stepped into this light of Jesus? Are, are you loving people like Jesus calls us to love? Are you treating people how Jesus calls us to treat? Are you living in the light of Jesus or are you just living close to the lighthouse? That's the first group. I want you to think about that. Are you living in the light of Jesus? And there's another group of people I want to talk to. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing about Jesus and this light and this life that he offers. Maybe this is the first time, and as you're holding that light, I want you to ask yourself a question. Am I filling this void in my life? Am I trying to fill it and it's not working? And is tonight the night that I'm willing to take that jump and ask Jesus to come into my life, to fill that void? that was designed for him to fill. To to jump into my life and forgive me of my stakes and bring hope when I feel hopeless. To bring healing in my brokenness. It's tonight that night for you. And what I'm about to do is I'm about to pray. And I'm gonna be praying some words, asking Jesus to come into my life, to, to enter my life and take everything and surrendering myself to him. And as I pray this prayer, if you are ready to step into that light, to fill that void tonight, to to step into this light of Jesus, I want you just to be praying this prayer in your heart. Praying this prayer in your heart. Talking to Jesus. Allowing him in. Let me pray for you. Father God, We praise you. Father, we pray right now a prayer of surrender. We surrender our heart to you, God. We ask you to fill this void, this darkness that we feel inside. Fill it with your light, God. Fill it with your hope. Fill it with your peace. We ask you to forgive us of our sins and our trespasses, God. We are laying our life down at your feet, surrendering to you. Surrendering to you, God. We ask you to be the king of our life. To rule over our life forever, Father. We give you all the glory in your holy name. Amen. Amen. And now I'm about to ask you to do something really bold. I know that there's people in here who just prayed that just prayed that prayer but here's the greatest thing about the Christmas story is Jesus came as a baby but he grew up he grew up and he went to the cross and he gave his life for you he gave his life for you and for me taking that darkness taking that death taking the pain that we deserve And He didn't do it in secret. He did it in the light of day when people mocked Him and spit at Him and condemned Him as He carried His cross to Calvary. He did that for you. And I believe that if you start this faith journey off with a stand of commitment, with a stand of pride, of this decision you've made to follow Jesus, If you started off boldly, when you face times in life where seasons are hard, where life feels hard and everything feels like it's caving in on you, it will be easier to stand in those times because you started it boldly, saying, I believe this, I'm standing in the light of Jesus. So I'm going to ask you to do something bold right now, and the whole church is going to cheer for you clap and cheer because the the word of god says that when one person comes to the father there is a celebration in heaven and we're going to celebrate here amen and so what i want you to do right now is if you step into the light of jesus tonight if you asked him to fill that void i want you to stand to your feet right now boldly and proudly Amen. amen 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 come on amen Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Stay standing. Stay standing. Come on. They're still coming. Come on. Come on. Make some noise like you mean it, church. Cheer them on. This is life changing. All right. Stay standing for me. Stay standing. Stay standing for me. All of you that just took this stand, you just made the greatest decision of your life. You just made the greatest decision of your life. Because from this point forward, you no longer have to fear death. You no longer have to live in shame because you are guaranteed and promised eternity with Jesus in heaven. Your life will never be the same from this moment. It will never be the same. This is the greatest thing you ever could have done. I'm so proud of all of you. Happy for you. Can't wait to go on this journey with you. Can we make some noise for him one more time? Thanks. Gosh. I'm trying not to get emotional here. There's just so many people standing. So many eternities changed. You guys can grab a seat. Thank you. Thank you. man. So Jeremiah finds himself on the side of the hill in the middle of the darkness crying out to his father. And when he thought all hope was lost, when he thought everything was over, at the top of the hill, light starts to break through the trees. It's the flashlight of his father. As it breaks through the tree line, Jeremiah begins to cry out to dad. Dad! Dad! Dad, is that you? But he's still too far up. But his father gets closer. That response, Son, it's me. And he finds his son on the side of the hill. Jesus does the same thing for all of us. That when we feel like we're in a season of darkness, when we feel like we're in a season of brokenness, all we have to do is cry out to him and he says, Son and daughter, I'm here. As his light breaks through. And continues to move. And he's going to move through all of us. The ones that just stood. He's going to move through you. And that light that's living inside of you now is going to spread. It's going to spread to your friends and your family. It's going to spread through the city of Reno. And God is going to continue to break through in our city. Amen? Amen.